0: There's Brady's pass. Caught ball.
1: Touchdown, by Evans. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Fire the cannons. Where are you? That's a great catch, and now it's the 600. Tom Brady is a seven-time Super Bowl winning quarterback and a three-time NFL MVP. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. Coming off a season where he threw for 5,000 yards. Tom stepping to the mic to bring you a unique perspective on all the trending stories happening on and off the field. Brady has time. Well, blitz on the crossing route. Caught ball, Gronkowski. 10-5, 3-2-1. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Gronkowski. This is Let's Go. Let's go! Now, here are your hosts, Tom Brady and Emmy Award-winning journalist, Jim Gray.
2: Welcome, everyone, to the best of Let's Go with Tom Brady and Jim Gray. To start, I talked to Tom about his Super Bowl victory last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, capping off an amazing season for TB12.
3: Yeah, I mean, even just hearing that, it brings back, because it wasn't that long ago, I mean, a year ago, being in that position and, and uh, being in Tampa the night for the game, and obviously that game ended the way it did, that was one of the great memories I've had in football. So it does go fast. And my 22 years have gone extremely fast. And that was one of several just incredible memories that I've been able to take with me. So, you know, you always want to be, you know, not to be cliche about it, but the man in the arena, you know, you're out there trying to get the job done. And when you commit to your teammates and you commit to your team and you do everything it takes to get you to that moment and you accomplish it, it's a feeling unlike anything you'll ever experience in your life. So it's just um, what a blessing for me to have that experience and and several others along the way you know when I wrote something on my social this week in my retirement post about playing for the playing for the name on the back of your jersey which is your family and the name on the front of your jersey which is your team and you know you carry all those people with you when you experience the highest of highs and unfortunately some really low points too but they all make you stronger in the end and When I look back over the course of my career, I just have nothing but the best memories of the sport, and I'm just very grateful to all the people who helped me along the way.
2: Tom, last Tuesday, you wrote in your post that football is an all-in proposition. It takes the physical, mental, and emotional aspect to coincide every day, and that you're no longer willing to make that commitment anymore, that you want to focus on other things. What led you to that decision? Because you have said that you would leave when you suck. You don't suck. You led the NFL in every statistical category that matters for a quarterback this year.
3: There are a lot of other people in the, you know, some players who, who don't doesn't necessarily have to be all in for them, you know, and I, I guess I've seen that quite a bit over the years, but I kind of, I've always felt for me, that's how I had to do it. And, you know, my teammates know that I give them everything I can. My coaches know that, and it's certainly not that I can't do that. And it's certainly not that I can't play or continue to play, but I think there's an important choice for me to make, you know, and I think the choice is, you know, everything certainly comes at a cost and the cost is what am I missing out on other aspects of my life and things that are, as you get older, you experience things uh, that are outside of the sport that demand attention and energy that football has always gotten. And, uh, you know, it's time for me to commit to those types of things. A lot of things have come up over the years in the last 10 years of my life as I've got closer to this decision this last week. And it just in the end felt like it was just the right time to do it. You know, I I think for anyone who loves the sport um, like I have over the years, it'll always be there in my heart and as it should be because I've committed a lot of time and energy and hours to it. But at the same time, there's a time and place for everything. I've had an amazing time and place doing it, and I'm just, I am really excited for what's ahead, and I don't know what that means or where it takes me, but I know that it'll be fun and exciting. I'm going to make the most of, uh, you know, whatever opportunities present themselves as I go forward.
2: You don't do something for 35 years of your life and reach the heights that you reach and then just come to a decision like this overnight. Can you take us through the process which led you to this? Um, did age factor into this at all? Or is it simply that there are other things now, uh, your family and other considerations? Or or did age at some point say, you know what, I'm 44 years old, getting hit by Von Miller and Aaron Donald and all of these guys? You know, this kind of hurts. And it hurts a lot more now than it did when I was 26.
3: No, Jim, I don't think that's what it is. I don't think it's, you know, a physical thing. I mean, it does require a lot of time and energy you know it's just the nature of football and if you want to be good at it you got to commit all the time and energy you can to it i always think i've been to the kentucky derby a lot so i look at those horses and they have the blinders on and you literally are just running full speed as fast as you can um you know for basically the entire season and there's no time to look right or left and there's a lot of things that are happening in your life that because you don't look right or left, you're still looking straight ahead that you miss some things. You know, there just comes a time for all of us where we got to decide, you know, what we want to look going forward. I can always look at the past and look at the, you know, all the teams we've had and all the success and stuff and, and, and the amazing relationships and all the great teammates. And, you know, like football, you know, I've seen so many great players retire over the years. Um, you know, the game just goes on and it should. And it's, it's going to outlast everybody. Um, but I was fortunate to do it for a long time, for 22 years. I did it at the highest level, and I had the best teammates and mentors and coaches and friends. Pretty simple. It's just there's time for other things that I need. I need to make time for other things in my life. It's exciting for me to be able to to really enjoy some of those new moments as well.
2: Tom, there's an emotional aspect for the public to all of this. It brings out tremendous nostalgia and sentimentality of having watched you play uh, people have Marked a lot of their football lives uh, through your games and, and through what you have given them uh, either in victory or uh, in defeat. And so there's been a tremendous outpouring that you have received via social media and media coverage in general. Are you surprised at this overwhelming onslaught that you have received and the sentiment that uh, has come your way?
3: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm just very humbled by by everything. I guess I've been around a lot of people over the years because I had a lot of people reach out to me and and in different variations and forms and you know I just I'm grateful for for you know all the amazing relationships and that that I've had what it means to me is you know I've impacted you know people's lives and and certainly they've impacted mine too so whether those were teammates of mine or competitors of mine you know there was so much mutual respect you know people who really loved watching me play. I know what that feels like because I loved watching Michael Jordan play and I loved watching Steve Young and Joe Montana play and I loved watching Mike Tyson fight and I loved watching Tiger Woods golf. So I know exactly what that feels like and there's elements of it where new people move into those roles and now you got to enjoy new people. So amazing, uh, you know, aspect of life. You know, things go on and I've taken so much from the sport and I'm glad so many people enjoyed watching me play over the years. Believe me, I love playing more than they loved watching me. So for as many people that love watching me play, I enjoyed playing playing the game and being in there much more than, than people actually enjoyed watching me play.
2: And what will you do to replace that love, to replace that competition?
3: Well, I played a little golf this last week, and I can assure you it won't be golf because I retired from football, and I figured <laughs> I've been at golf for one week, and I want to retire from golf because I suck at that sport, so... I'm going to have to find some competitive uh, places to put my time and energy, you know, and that's all to be determined. I don't know. It's I literally have no idea what the future holds and nor do I really care to, you know, think too deeply into those things. I think they'll all, you know, different opportunities will present themselves and I'll just continue to, to think about what I want to decide for my future. And I think that's important because, you know, you're drafted to a certain team, you know, and you play on that team for a long period of time. And again, two years ago, you know, I was able to leave the Patriots after the best two decades of my life in New England. My kids were born there. I grew up and I decided to take on a different challenge. And that challenge led me down to Tampa. And Tampa provided a really cool football experience for me that was new. And, and now I'm, I'm at another place where I'm looking for other really cool things to do, to challenge me, to help me grow. And bring me new experiences in life. And I can, of course, do the same same things that I've always done. But at the same time for me, those aren't as exciting as they once were. And there will be new challenges. And I look forward to those challenges. And I have no doubt, I have a lot of confidence that I can, can do a lot of things successfully and do them really well. And I'm really excited to see where those, and really that belief really takes me.
2: So it's all over the map, what's being said and written about you and what's being thought for you you always liked Michael Jordan and you had that poster on your wall, kind of your standard. He came back. Muhammad Ali came back. Mike Tyson came back. So inevitably some quarterbacks going to get hurt or not perform at the level. And it's going to start in July in training camp. It's going to go again in September and probably again in October and November. Uh, How are you going to entertain those thoughts? And would you ever consider that?
3: You know, I'm just going to take things as they come. You know, I think that's, the best way to put it and I, I don't think anything never you know you never say never you know at the same time I know that I'm very I feel very good about my decision so I don't know how it feels 6 months from now change it most likely won't you know I try to make the best possible decision I can in the moment which I did this last week and again I think it's not looking to you know reverse course I'm definitely not looking to do that yeah. in the same time I think you have to be realistic that you never know what, what, what challenges there are going to be in life. Again, I love playing. I'm looking forward to doing things other than playing. That's as honest as I can be with you there, Jim.
2: Jim Gray with Tom Brady. We're here on SiriusXM. Let's go. You just mentioned the word reversed course. And if ever a play perhaps reversed the course of your career, it's this one. Wilson is in the shotgun formation. Lynch will flank him to his left. Two wide to the near side, one to the far. There's the snap. It's felt high. Quick throw. It's intercepted at the goal line. It's intercepted by Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler is intercepted. Russell Wilson. 20 seconds left. The great Kevin Harlan on Westwood 1 calling Super Bowl 49 as the Patriots defeated the Seattle Seahawks with that big interception by Malcolm Butler. Did that play? For lack of a better term, change your football lifetime. Oh,
3: absolutely. And one of the all-time great plays in NFL history was that. And, you know, the the play that Malcolm made, it was an amazing game and one of the my favorite games that I've ever been a part of. You know, Malcolm made one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history. And I think to win that game, you know, look, we had lost in two thousand seven, we had lost in two thousand eleven. And then we won in 2014 and we had a a pretty tough play that went against us. I'd say a a very low percentage play that went against us in 2007. There was a low percentage pass that Eli threw and made it, uh, Mario Manningham made an incredible catch that, that, you know, they made the play and the percentages were against them on that play. And then the percentages were against us on the play Malcolm Butler made. So, you know, that's sports, it's the margin between victory and defeat is very, very thin, especially in the biggest moments against the best opponents. So um, I was happy to be on this, the winning side of Malcolm's play. He's a great competitor. He worked his ass off to get to that point and, you know, came through in the biggest moments, and that's what clutch players do.
2: You talked about Manningham and Tyree and Malcolm Butler, but in this game of inches, in the blink of an eye and the snap of a finger, there was then this moment.
0: From the New
1: England 36. Shotgun snap on 1st and 10 Brady. Rears back. Line drive-throw. It's deflected.
2: It's up in the air. Edelman was diving for it near the 40-yard line. There is a fight for the ball. Edelman has come up with the ball. Edelman has come up with the ball
1: on a deflected ball. It was batted in the air. It's a 23-yard pickup batted by Alford. A diving reception by Edelman. Oh my goodness, what a play with the ball literally inches above the turf.
2: Again, the great Kevin Harlan on Westwood 1, and you came back down 28-3 to late in the third quarter to beat the Falcons in overtime. Do you get goosebumps when you hear that? Have you ever heard Kevin Harlan oh, call yeah. that?
3: Unbelievable. I mean, I'm getting them right now. It's because, you know, these, you know, when you're out on the field, you're not thinking about anything. You don't hear anything. You're just... You know, you're seeing everything from your perspective, which I've always kind of played quarterback that way. And I mean, when you see that and hear that, it just you can't think about how how joyful and how thrilling that was at that moment. So, you know, I just, it was the anniversary of that game, I think yesterday or two days ago. So I saw a few things on some of my social feeds about, you know, that comeback and you watch those plays and how improbable that win was. That was, uh, nothing gets better than that. That one will be hard to top for a long time.
2: And with that, we'll take a break. And when we return, Tom talks about his decision to step away from the game after 22 seasons as the greatest quarterback and greatest player of all time. Stay with us right here on Sirius XM.
1: Soccer's biggest superstars and most storied clubs collide in the Champions League knockout stage, and it's on Sirius XM FC. Defending European champion Chelsea, led by American star Christian Pulisic, lock horns with Canadian sensation Jonathan David, and the French champs of Lille. Lifting it in. David is in. And David has scored. Chelsea, Lille. Live from Stamford Bridge. Tuesday at 3 Eastern on Sirius 6M FC 157 or streaming on the S6M app. Let's go! Here's Brady's bat. Caught ball. Touchdown, Mike Evans. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Fire the cannons. Where are you? That's a great catch, and now it's the 600. Now back to Let's Go with Tom Brady and Jim Gray.
2: Welcome back to the best of Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray alongside Tom Brady. As we dive deeper into Tom's decision to step away, I asked Tom why he quoted Sam Reeves, his dear friend, in his retirement statement.
3: Because it's just how you look at life. You know, you, you can't deal with, you know, you, you we're never in complete control. You know, we're really in control of our attitudes. And You know, Sam is someone I've looked up to. Sam's Sam turns eighty-eight this year, eighty-seven years old, and I've been fortunate to get to know Sam over the last fifteen years. And obviously, I look at different people in my life. You mentioned my dad. You know, my dad's my hero in every way. You know, there's no finer person in the world than my dad. You know, I've tried to be like him every day of my life, and what he's meant to me in my career. You know, words can't even explain it, and I look forward to spending more time with him. And our family's really been engulfed in sports since I was a kid. And, uh, you know, he's been there every step of the way in my career. And then other people have too that I've met along the way Sam and Jimmy and, um, you know, different coaches and people on the field, people off the field. And I gain inspiration from so many people that I look at and I go, wow, they've, it's amazing what they've accomplished. Kelly Slater, you know, who's become a friend, you know, I watched him win a, a surf championship this last weekend at almost 50 years old. I mean, that's inspiration for us. I'm always watching other people try to achieve their goals. So, you know, I try to look at the positive things in life. I try to always see things like as opportunities, even when you lose, I try to find the silver linings in those things. You know, hopefully that leads me to a very long, enjoyable, joyful life. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm gonna achieve, try to achieve here in this really second chapter of my life.
2: Sally Jenkins of the Washington Post wrote just a terrific article. Uh, on the day that you retired. And I'm going to quote her. It says, Tom Brady, his career, it was entirely self-made, manufactured. It was said about him, poor build, gets knocked down easily, a draft scout wrote all those years ago. What if Brady had accepted it as the final judgment, surrendered to that opinion? Don't ever let the seven Super Bowls and all the records gloss over the most vital lesson. What people say about you is always wrong if you make it so. How often have you thought about that guy who told you you should be in financial services and that you didn't belong (laughs) in professional football? (laughs) And how much of what Sally Jenkins said is a great lesson, the lesson of Tom Brady?
3: Yeah, that's really cool. And uh, that's really cool of her to write that. And, um, you know, I think about all the lessons that I've learned over the course of my career in sports and how I've tried to help other people because there's very few people that are born as like the true prodigies in life. A lot of these things that people, how they make their way through the world and and creating opportunities for themselves are often intangible things. You know, it's, you know, obviously everyone speaks of hard work or discipline. Um, Resiliency is incredibly important. And I've always thought, you know, for sports, the belief in yourself, Ultimately, what matters because it really doesn't matter what anyone thinks. It really matters what you think. It was crazy, and and obviously, I think I was a bit naive earlier in my career. And people with you know those draft reports that came out reasons why I was drafting a hundred and a hundred ninety ninth pick in the sixth round. But for me, I had no doubt that I was going to be successful. Could I have been I think- unsuccessful? Absolutely. I just didn't believe that I'd be unsuccessful. And I I really believe that. I was going to be a professional quarterback. I believed I was going to have a great career. Not a lot of other people believed that. And maybe for good reason. Maybe their own personal evaluation. But in the end, I kind of knew it was inside of me. I knew that whatever I was going to put my heart and soul into, there would be success in that. And um, you know, I tried to prove that year in and year out. And I used those motivations and lessons from when I was drafted throughout my career because after I won my – Super Bowl, uh, you know, and then we lost against Giants in 07. You know, what can you achieve from that point? And after 2011, what can you achieve after that? You you know, you you guys won't win anymore. Your time passed. Then we won in 2014. It was like, wait a minute. That was unbelievable. And then, you know, no one thought we could you know, go on to continue to do the things that I had done later in my career. And uh, I was just always able to draw back on those lessons, which was Look, believe in yourself, have the right processes for success, find the right mentors to help you learn and grow, be, continue to be curious about what other people are doing and what make them successful. And, you know, keep giving your best and just keep refining those things to the place where I'm at today, which is, you know, now I'm embarking in a different aspect of life. And, uh, I'm going to take all the lessons I learned from sports and I'm going to try to... Use those in other aspects of life that I believe make business life success, successful. All those things, are, they're really the same lessons. That's what I'm going to try to really instill those values into my kids. the most sustainable aspects of life and sustainable qualities in life is, yeah, work hard. Yeah, discipline. But you got to be resilient because things aren't always going to go your way. You know, what are you going to do when you get beaten up a little bit? Well, what, what kind of character are you going to show? Are you going to have people that believe in you? And are you going to believe in other people? Are you going to have respect for yourself? Are you going to have respect for other people? Are you going to care about yourself? Are you going to care for other people? So all those things are important in sports, but they transcend sports. You know, they transcend every aspect of what we go through and are some of the most important aspects of life.
2: Really, really well stated. And and Sally Jenkins closed her article by saying, had Brady listened to conventional wisdom, Had he accepted the judgment of others about who and what he was, had he retired before the age of 40, as most quarterbacks are expected to, we would have missed the most crucial fact about him. His greatness was not in the power of his arm, but in the power of his intention to decide for himself who he wanted to be. Tom, you're not sure what you're going to do moving forward. You obviously have Brand Brady. You've got Autograph. Autograph. You also uh, are a spokesman for a number of uh, companies, TB12, uh, the book that you have written. Uh, do you see yourself staying in sports?
3: That's a good question. I mean, obviously, I've been doing it for 30 years, so there's quite a bit of expertise that I've developed over a period of time. But um, it's, it's so early for me to begin to think about different opportunities just because uh, you know, I'm trying to create some space for me to really make great decisions going forward. I'm not a young man anymore. I'm, you know, 44 years old and, and there are different things that are presented as opportunities to me and all about, I'll, I'll evaluate all of them. And at the same time, I absolutely love sports. And, um, if I can help people, if I can help other athletes achieve their potential, there's a great reward in that for me, because, as I said, you know, earlier in the week, I want to be able to give back to people and whatever form and fashion that takes, you know, I'm up for it. I, I, I want to see that. I want to see other people do well and maximize their potential in life, whether that be an athlete, whether it be an entrepreneur. And so many of the lessons I've learned, I think I can apply to those, to those people in those professions. So, you know, I'm not sure exactly what the future looks like, but, um, it's, it's very exciting for me to think about those types of things.
2: Jim Gray with Tom Brady. We're here on Let's Go. Our program is brought to you by Morton's the Steakhouse. Morton's is the prime place to take your someone special for that perfect steak and unrivaled dining experience. Visit mortons.com for reservations. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, you've played against the Rams twice this year, uh, and you know the defense is very formidable going against a young guy who's basically in the position you were at the same age uh, in Joe Burrow.
3: It's obviously a great game, and to be in this game, it takes a lot of hard work to get to this point. It's a great week of prep. You've got a lot of fun that goes into this. It's, it's a life-changing moment for so many players, and the Rams, they got a great football team. We played them a few weeks ago. They're very tough to beat, especially if they play the game on their terms. You know, this is one of the great defensive lines in the league. You know, since he's really going to have to run the ball well in order to keep that pass rush from teeing off. Since he had nine sacks against them when they played Tennessee, and still found a way to win. Since he found a way to win down twenty-one-three against Kansas City, so so Cincinnati is very confident. They have great skill players. It's a really unique matchup. You know, one young player, young organization. Since that's really a young head coach first time in one of these really big moments and then you got the Rams who you know different players but they have a lot of players that was kind of in these moments a few years ago and have kind of been one of the teams to beat the last few years in the NFC so you know whoever handles the week the best the preparation is really important it's going to be a great game it's going to be a tight game you know I don't think any of these teams are going to get away from one another but there's some things that will happen earlier in the game and the team that's playing with the lead is going to be you know the team that has a great opportunity to win I know that's Again, I always hate making predictions. You know that I never make predictions because one or two bounces can go someone's way. There's such a small margin of victory in all these games. It's it's a helmet catch. It's Julian four inches from the ground, or you know four centimeters from the ground on a catch. Malcolm Butler making an all-time great catch in in the history of the Super Bowl. You know it's Adam Vinatieri making a one of the great all-time kicks in the history of one of the divisional playoff games to get to that point. So. You know, I hope for one of those amazing games that people love the sport, they love seeing the competition, and they love seeing guys lay it all on the line. And when you do that, there's a lot to be taken away from it. A, it's a great game to win. It's a tough game to lose, man, because that sticks with you for the rest of your life, too. But it's great to be in the arena playing it.
2: I want to express my gratitude, and I know, Tom, you want to reach out as well and thank Tillman Tita for all of his support on this program through the Landry's Corporation, Golden Nugget Online Casino, and Mastro's. And uh, he will be with us again next year as we continue our program here on SiriusXM.
3: Absolutely. Thank you, Tillman, for all your support, continued support, and to Landry's Corporation. And uh, we've had great sponsors over the years. Tillman's at the top of the list. And uh, he's done so many great things as an entrepreneur in the world. Maybe I should intern for Tillman at one of these times. I know he's got a lot of expertise, and so he knows how to be incredibly successful in, in the different areas of life that he's really Uh, Engaged with his attention and energy. Uh, No one's been a better sponsor than him, and I wish him continued success in all the things he does.
2: Tom Brady, intern. That's a step back.
3: No, it's not. It's a step forward because I'd be learning something else and something new.
2: That's a great approach. We also want to thank USAA uh, Insurance. They've been terrific. Uh, United Wholesale Mortgage has been a great sponsor ring and ring.com and uh, we finally got snake to answer the bell for ring and ftx stay with us as up next is larry fitzgerald he reflects on tom brady's greatness on this edition of the best of let's go right here on sirius xm
1: let's go back to pass fires over the middle of the fence he caught it in the end zone. It's a touchdown. Larry Fitzgerald is an 11-time Pro Bowl wide receiver. Diving catch at the 20. He's loose at the 10. He's one of the most decorated receivers in NFL history, ranking second all time in receiving yards and catches. Now, Larry's stepping to the mic this season to bring you a unique perspective on all the trending stories happening on and off the field. Warner looks deep, far side. Fitz is there. He got it. Touchdown, Arizona. Larry Fitzgerald. This is Let's Go. Let's go. Now, here are your hosts, Larry Fitzgerald and Emmy Award-winning journalist Jim Gray.
2: Welcome back to the best of Let's Go. I'm now joined by the great Larry Fitzgerald as he starts off by remembering Tom Brady's remarkable career.
4: Well Jim, nobody's ever done it to the level he's done in hundred years plus history of the National Football League. He's the greatest player to ever lace him. Now to be witnessed to his career, to be able to watch it, you know, from start to finish, be able to be friends with him and somewhat uh, be able to enjoy the ride with him. Um, uh, it's been truly an honor, Jim, um, you know, to know him as a man, it even makes it that much more special because he's done everything the right way. I mean, he's unbelievably humble, generous with his time, um, to his friends and people that he associates with. And he, he just does everything to the very top, to the highest level. And, um, you know, it's, it's truly a blessing to call him a friend.
2: And the game over the past 22 years that we celebrate this week, he's become synonymous with played in it 10 times, one at seven times, um, Probably this weekend will lament the fact as he sits there and watches it that he's not in it again this year, uh, had it not been for Cooper Cup uh, figuring out a way in those final few seconds to uh, catch that long ball. Now we've got young Joe Burrow playing in his first Super Bowl and Matthew Stafford playing in his first Super Bowl at different times in their career, Uh, one having suffered tremendously by being uh, with the uh, Detroit Lions and the other coming into the league, much like Tom, uh, in his second year at a young age having the opportunity you've been around uh, a lot of guys and you've seen a lot of things happen in a lot of careers for Matthew Stafford. He's probably looking at this as a once in a lifetime opportunity for Joe Burrow. He probably thinks he's going to be doing this a lot more. <laughs> How do you approach it?
4: Uh, well, in Matt, Matt Stafford's case, I mean, uh, you, you look back on what he's accomplished in terms of the statistics and uh, the accolades and Pro Bowls and things that he's done individually He's been one of the best players in our league over the last decade, um, but it hasn't amounted to many wins. And Now he has an opportunity to really cement himself as a, uh, as a premier player in this league and, and a Super Bowl champion, if he's able to put together 60 minutes of good football. Um, the only thing that concerns me with Matthew Stafford is every game, there's two or three throws that make you scratch your head. Um, because sometimes I think he falls back into the, I have to make every single throw. I have to make plays mentality that he had to do to help Detroit get the wins that they were able to get. He doesn't have to make every single throw in this game. He's got an unbelievable defense. I think he just has to understand that, you know, just take what's available, make the throws that you're capable of making. And if, if you can't, you know, check it down and punt and put your defense in good position to, 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 to stop him. Um, you know, so he doesn't have to do anything miraculous. And on Joe Burrow's side, I, I definitely believe he he thinks he's going to be in this game for years to come. He's not too many years removed from winning the national championship, so he's used to playing at the very top of uh, of his profession, his sport, um, and the way he approaches the game, um, the youthful exuberance, and just just his mentality. Um, he, he you know been down in every playoff game, never feels like his team is out of the game and that ability to be able to compartmentalize and, and make sure that the moment is never uh, too important too big for him to be able to execute is something that is going to bowl well for him for years to come
2: jim gray with larry fitzgerald hey a hey fits um you've been in this circumstance of playing in a super bowl and guys are all over the place you got 53 guys keeping everybody together this week It's usually pretty easy, and particularly now with coronavirus and and the restrictions and guys not wanting to get sick uh, and miss the game, it's a little bit different. But how do you guard against guys being so over-exuberant that they, they expend a lot of energy before you get to the game?
4: said so there is a lot of hoopla that goes into this week, you know, with media day, even though it's virtual this year. Um, and I know the Rams are technically the road team, but they're they're practicing at their own facility. So there's a familiarity that they have. Uh, I'm not sure if they're actually staying. Um, at home or during the hotel but just to be able to have that daily routine that you've done for the last 22 23 weeks of being able to go to your facility eat the things that you're you're used to eating um you know watching film in the same places you're used to watching film practicing on the same fields lifting weights that is so much more comforting than having to do it in a tent you know set up at a at a, at a field and, and makeshift meeting rooms that you're just unfamiliar with so they have a huge advantage um you know in just regards to preparation in my opinion
2: does that spill over to the game or does it make no difference by the time you get to the game?
4: Well, I think just the more comfortable you are, obviously this is the biggest game of the year, but the more things that you can keep on routine, I think makes it easier for you to settle in. I mean, you're going to the stadium that you're comfortable with and you're not going to be dressing in your same locker room, but you know, you're parking your car in the same spot, you know, all the things that you don't have to even think about Um, it just makes it so much easier for you to be able to, you know, get yourself prepared on what's most important. And that's the game.
2: Let's go is brought to you by Mastro's, the steakhouse, a trip to Mastro's is a culinary adventure Experience the good life with handcrafted cocktails, exceptional steaks, and the freshest seafood. Visit Mastro's.com for locations and reservations. Stay with us. When we come back, Larry Fitzgerald and I are joined by the one and only Charles Barkley next on Let's go
1: most important person in sports is you the fan let me tell you something i'm a real rams fan and your place for sports talk is mad dog sports radio where your voice is heard all day long
2: i couldn't wait to get into the truck to turn
1: on 82 Share the thrill of victory the joy the jubilation. i can't stop smiling and the agony of defeat when is this franchise gonna realize people really care about this passionate sports fans call triple eight mad dog six you gotta love sports. mad dog sports radio Woo! channel 82 or anytime on the sxm app
2: if you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Bapchick's Morning After, where me and my so-called friends, like Mad Dog Unleashed producer Eddie Erickson, play back the best commentary of the week and recap in a way you've never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no, no one, one is, is safe. safe. Not Mad Dog, not, not anyone. anyone. This is a morning after walk of shame you actually won't
1: regret. It's Bapchick's Morning After. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen
2: on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions.
1: Bloats one down the near sideline. Fitz is there. He caught it at the 10. Knocked out of bounds inside the five. Now back to Let's Go. Let's Go. With Larry Fitzgerald and Jim
2: Gray. Welcome back to the best of Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray. Larry Fitzgerald and Charles Barkley are legends in the state of Arizona. And when Larry and I sat down with the Hall of Famer, we talked about what Larry has meant to the community.
0: Well, as I tell you all the time, uh, it's been an honor and a privilege to watch your your career. You're the greatest athlete in Arizona history and I got to see it uh, close up. So man thanks for having me and Jim, we've been friends a long time. Uh, I think since the 80s I don't remember what year but That's we correct. probably been we've been together since the 80s. Hey man, you've had a wonderful career. Uh, I'm proud of your success and I'm proud to call you a friend
2: vice versa and we've had so much fun uh in my book talking to goats i said by far and away the most entertaining and the most fun i have had has been with chuckster charles barkley and and charles you you make you make inside the nba so much fun that it's become just a just a great show in fact i think it's the best sports show on television and it's not even always about basketball how have you managed to keep people so entertained now I mean, I remember when you burst on the scene as the round mound of rebound in Philadelphia, and everybody would laugh at your post game. and I was doing the Sixers games and, and so forth, and Dr. J and everybody, and everybody gravitated to you. How have you managed to maintain that now for
0: 35, 40 years where everybody wants to hear from you and see you? Well, I think it, you touched on it a little bit it's not always about basketball. I think you have to understand something. When, when I, we when we tell people why we try to have so much fun, Jim, we're on from seven to two o'clock in the morning. Nobody <laughs> wants to talk about basketball that long. Even me who love playing it for a living. So when you're on from seven to two in the morning, you hope, first of all, you hope both games are great, but you, your worst nightmare, both games suck. And you're like, how can we make people enjoy these six or seven hours. And I think there's so many great people working at T. Obviously, me, Kenny, Shaq, and Ernie get most of the credit, but really the people behind the scenes do most of the work. But what we really try to do, man, is make people have fun watching basketball. Nobody wants to watch basketball all those hours and let me X and O on the depth. You know, I mean, I could sit there and talk about the pick and roll, the hedge, the over, under, uh, the, the elbow jumper, the zone, the one two, one zone, the one two two zone, the one three, one zone. Nobody wants to talk about that all night. People want to have fun when they watch sports. As we continue
2: with Charles Barkley, I'm Jim Gray, along with Larry Fitzgerald. Let's go is brought to you by GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Casino.com. Play your favorite slot or table games like Blackjack, Roulette, and so much more. Download the app onto your phone or play online at golden nuggetcasino.com. You gotta be 21 years of age or older. It's available only in Michigan and New Jersey. If you have a gambling problem, call one 800 270 7117 or one 800 gambler Coming soon to your state. That's golden nuggetcasino.com.
4: Charles, I was gonna ask you when you guys first started the show 20 years ago. I mean, we had the privilege of watching, you know, the 20-year uh, you know, kind of rundown on ups and downs, the laughs sad times, uh, how long did it take you guys to really get into your groove and kind of find your niche? You know what I mean? Because it, it it's, it's unorthodox because you guys don't really have, hey, I want you guys to touch on this. I want you to talk about that. It kind of lets you guys have the stage and you guys run with it. You know, how long did it take you to really kind of get your footing with it?
0: Well, that's a great question because it, it was actually – it's a twofold answer because in the beginning it was me, Kenny, and Ernie. And I think it was like that for like the first 10 years or more. But then we had to, we had to do re- revamp when Shaq came on. So we've had two really new shows starting out. But I think the main thing was we decided like guys. We, we, we want to talk about basketball, but the reason I took the job at TNT Larry, to be honest with you. So I originally had some, my mentor is Dick Ebersol. He's the reason I'm on television. He's he, I credit him with a lot of my success. He, but so I originally signed to go to NBC. I said me and Jim would have been working together. Do you remember who contacted you to ask you to talk to Dick Ebersole? Uh I don't. Did you do that? <laughs> Boy, you got a bad memory when you don't want to remember shit. It, d- <laughs> dude, it was, it was 21 years ago. I don't remember what I did like one month ago. Uh, um, no, so uh, I originally signed with NBC, to be honest with you, Larry. And then a friend of mine, Michael Jackson, said to me, he said, dude, I need a favor. He says, I'm working at Different TNT. Michael Jackson.
2: This was the Michael Jackson from TNT, not, not the First great First of all, he
0: did, he did not think it was damn moonwalk Michael Jackson, asshole. He did not think Michael Jackson, the singer, called me and told me to come to TNT. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Larry, uh, so Larry, Michael said to me, hey, it'll make me look good if you come and meet with the people at TNT. And I said, of course, dude, I'll do you a favor. So we go out to dinner. We have a great dinner. We're sitting around smoking cigars, and we're like talking. I and I had i didn't tell them I had signed with TNT. They said, "What? What are you looking for in a TV network?" I said, "Well, I want to talk about basketball, but if any social issues come up, i am thats my goal—to talk about social issues on television. Not all the time, because people don't want to talk about social issues doing sports all the time." People who are having a bad day at work have, uh, or having issues at home, they want to turn on an event to relax. And I said, but I got to reach a common ground being able to talk about social issues. And they're like, well, you're not going to be able to do that on any other network. And I says, what do you mean? It says, well, the NBA is kind of tight laced. We probably got more freedom than any other network. And I said, wow. So you're telling me I can talk about social issues when they happen. So they dropped me off at the hotel around midnight. I I, I try to go to bed, Larry. About three o'clock, I wake up. I says, man, damn, I got to go to TNT. I call my agent. He says, what's wrong? I says, I think I need to sign with TNT. He said, what you want me to do? I says, I'll handle it. I'll call call Mr. Elbasall tomorrow. He said, why don't you think about it, sleep on it? I said, okay, that's a good idea. I went to bed for like another two hours, Larry. And it's like 5.30, 6 in the morning. I said, I'm going to TNT. And I want to tell you, that was the hardest phone call because Dick had talked me into going into television. But he was so awesome and gracious. And every time I see him, I just give him a hug and tell him, hey, man, thank you for the best decision, that I, I, me coming to TNT. But he was awesome and, and graceful. And that's how the whole thing actually came together. And the best thing about it, Larry, I was a Jim's teammate. That was the best thing about not going to NBC. (laughs) Thanks to our producer, Dave, the
2: snake Hagan. He's had a terrific year and he is a lot of fun to be with. And we wouldn't be where we are without him, as well as to our production assistant, Harris Fabishoff. We also want to thank all of the great folks at Sirius XM for all of their support for let's go Tom Brady, Larry Fitzgerald, and I are most appreciative to Isaac Cohen, Eddie Borsilli, and to Steve Cohen. The leader of the pack, who has just been so fantastic to us here on Let's Go. Thank you, Steve. We have great sponsors, and we are grateful to them. Everybody at the Landry's Corporation, headed up by Tillman Fertita, our dear friend, who represents Morton's The Steakhouse, Del Frisco's, Mastros, and Golden Nugget Casino.com. We're also grateful to Wayne Peacock and everybody at USAA Insurance, Jamie Simonoff and his great son, Oliver, over at Ring.com, as well as Carney and Kayla. United Wholesale Mortgage, and Sarah DeSantis, and Matt Ishbia. Those folks are just great. And FTX. Let's Go with Tom Brady was produced by 199 Productions in collaboration with Scratchy Productions. Thank you so much for joining us all season long.
1: Talking sports and a whole lot of other stuff on Morning Men. Taylor Rapp of the Rams commits the cardinal sin per Babs of getting engaged
2: on another moment. What
1: well, he has have still proposed if he would have lost? That's unnecessary pressure.
2: If there was like a night where you know you're going to get it, you don't do anything extra. Super Bowl champion's going to get laid, without a doubt. You have doubled up the moments, and that's not something anyone should do in any walk of life. <laughs> Morning
1: Men with Evan, Babs, and Willie Cologne Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82.
4: Throughout Black History Month, the Sirius XM original podcast, Black Diamonds, recognizes the achievements and legacy of Negro League Baseball.
1: Martin Luther King Jr., he said to me, you will never know how easy you made it for me to do my job through what you men did on the baseball field. Imagine that.
4: Hear the stories of the legends and pioneers who paved the way for the civil rights movement. Negro League's Baseball Museum president, Bob Kendrick, hosts the award-winning podcast, Black Diamonds. Listen now on the SXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up everybody George Reister here as the sports night wraps up tune in to nightcap weeknights 1 to 3 a.m. Eastern mad dog sports radio channel 82